You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. It's Patrick Bexel from Europe, and I'm sitting here on the 2nd of July, a couple of days after the draft. And we have seen a very ugly view of some Montreal Canadiens fans. I would like to address this first. And I would like to say that David Reinbacher is an 18-year-old kid. He has trained and put more effort into training than most of the rest of us has done in our lifetimes. And we're in our 50s, some of us. He has been very, very successful. The draft day should be one of his best days in his life up until now. And I think that it's despicable to treat him like this. We are the fans of Le Club de Hockey Canadien, Le Saint Flanel, Le Glorieux, Le Grand Club, Le Blue Blanc et Rouge. As we say in Sweden, we're fans of a club that has many names because a beloved child has many names. Walking into the Cathedral of Hockey, Le Centre Belle, is special enough. I cannot even fathom how it would be to actually skate out onto that ice, to wear the jersey, to hold the torch, passed to you from falling hands, to be yours to hold high. David Reinbacher has gotten that torch from the past to the present, and now he is the future. We should welcome him. We should lift him up and make sure that he cares about the Montreal Canadiens as much as we do. I would like to paraphrase Bill Shankly a little bit, the great coach of Liverpool Football Club in the 60s. Some people think that Montreal Canadiens is a matter of life and death. I assure you, it's much more serious than that. And we should be proud that we think that way. But we should also remember that we should not treat others in a completely disregard for whatever we hold high. To compare David Reinbacher to one of the most heinous, terrible persons in the last 80 years of the world, because they are from the same country. It's so bad, I cannot really speak about it. If you want to compare Reinbacher to someone from Austria, you could have compared him to Mozart, Hayden. Mahler, Schubert, Strauss, when we talk about classical music. Some of my favorites growing up was Hermann Bühl. He climbed Naga Habarat as the first one, the Broad Peak as the first one. Peter Habeler, he climbed Mount Everest, the first guy to climb Mount Everest without oxygen. And that is what I can only imagine David Reinbacher feeling right now. Prince Eugene of Savoy, one of the most brilliant tactical minds in warfare. This is the country that Austria is. On top of that, we have Ludwig Wittgenstein, we have Freud, we have Kafka, who's obviously Czech, but it was part of Austria at that time. I can only speak for myself, but I want to wish David Reinbacher the best for the future and a very, very warm welcome when he steps onto the ice in Bouchard today, wearing that makes us special, that fantastic jersey that 
we all see and think we're part of the same tribe. Be sure to treat others how you want to be treated yourself. Thank you for listening. I'm here today with someone from a neighboring country to Austria. And that is Thomas Rost. Um, it was the 3rd of April. We did a, a podcast together in regards to David Reinbacher. We're sitting here with, you know, the correct answering sheet in a way, a couple of days after the draft. Thank you for joining me, Thomas. Thank you. And first of all, I want to tell uh, my deepest respect was very, very, very wise words from you about drafting and about the person David uh, Reinbacher. And uh, I'm also I was also shocked of uh, some reactions from from the fans on the social media channels and uh, priceless words you 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 detail very very well. Thank you. Looking back at the draft, were you shocked in the end that Montreal picked David Reinbacher at number five? Not shocked, but uh, surprised uh, a little bit. Although I knew there was a lot of rumors that Reinbacher will go higher than he was on my list, for example, uh, I was surprised but not shocked. So uh, let's uh, let's leave it like this. In the last few drafts, we've had a couple of defenders going higher than expected. It started a little bit with Moritz Seider. We have uh, had uh, Girišek and Nimac, who did uh, great towards the draft last year. All of them from smaller nations, hockey-wise, and countries that are not used to be mentioned when you talk about great development programs. Are there other similarities between those three players and David Reinbach? Yeah, I, similarities, just, uh, it's pretty difficult to tell. David Reinbach is a player on his own and uh, not very easy to describe in terms of weaknesses or strengths. To compare him with his other defense, and I, I have difficulties. I, I want just to tell that in my eyes, it's a quite safe say that uh, Reinbacher will be an average to good top four defenseman in the NHL. It's sometimes you, you watch, you follow players where it's really unpredictable, a high risk, and uh, sometimes also high chance, of course. Reinbacher is one of the players I would bet quite a bit of money that he will be an NHL player. He will be a solid to good NHL player. I would put a lot of money on it. And probably he will be a top four defenseman. And from everything I know, I want to tell this to the whole community who listen to this, from everything, everybody I know who knows Reinbacher and from the little I know him as a, as a person and what I hear as a person, he is a very, very, very good person also. And this helps also to become, uh, it's one small part of, of projecting talents. It helps if you are a good person, a modest person, a person who wants to learn to improve all the time and doesn't think I'm now a Montreal Canadiens number five pick. I'm the biggest guy, the greatest guy on this planet. He's very modest down to us. And this helps. And uh, for this, for all this, I think 
nobody should feel bad about uh, taking Reinbacher at number five in Montreal. Although I wouldn't have taken him, and maybe we discussed this, or maybe I have a chance to tell why I wouldn't have taken him that high. We've got to come to that, obviously, but you mentioned he's very level-headed. He mentioned he's very smart. We spoke a little bit about his development last time, and we had a trajectory. He adjusted very well coming up from the juniors to the Swiss League, which is the second division, obviously, in, in Switzerland. Adjusted very well to Clawton there. That was a top team who earned promotion that year. He adjusted very, very well into the Nacionalliga, which is the top division when Clawton was promoted this year. And as you put it, he was already the best defender in Clawton last year. That is a really, really good trajectory. And as you say, it helps being smart. It helps being level-headed. It also speaks to his hockey IQ, I would assume, because he will be able to take in what he's done right and what he's done wrong and what he needs to change and what he needs to learn from others. Can you see that progress for next year if he stays in, in National Liga? No, that's, that's a big of a problem because his progress curve last year was that steep. I can tell you in my experience as a scout in my more than 20 years experience now, I very seldom or never have seen such a steep development curve within one year and it would be exceptional and I can't imagine that it can go on like this. I think he, if he can cons consolidate what he achieved last year, this improvement and maybe make some small additional steps, it, this would be already great. And I can't see that uh, if if it goes like up this, uh, like a rocket like last year, then I can uh, crash all my rankings and my comments about him. As we've heard, he's asked to stay or, or mentioned that he wants to stay in Switzerland to finish his uh, gymnasium degree. That speaks also very highly of him as a young man outside the ice. And I know you put a lot of importance onto education, especially in yeah. Switzerland when it comes to, to yeah, education in general in Switzerland. Do you think it would be a wise move from him to maybe play in uh, in Clawton next year, or do you think he would be learning better going to AHL where he wouldn't maybe get the top minutes, whereas he would probably get the top minutes in Clawton next year? I think maybe the one or the other decision shouldn't be overrated. I think he definitely could develop pretty well if he stays one more year in Clawton. On the other hand, I also would like to see him to adapt to North American hockey, where it's a little bit rough stuff, a little bit more tighter space. And uh, there, there are arguments for both. If I would be the Montreal Canadiens, I would probably prefer to come uh, that he comes over uh, to the and plays most of the season in the American Hockey League, maybe with a cup of coffee in the end in the, in the NHL. This is what was my initial uh, prediction, actually. But it doesn't hurt him to stay one more year in Claude. Definitely not. Because there he has this role again. He, As you mentioned, he was number one defenseman by the end of the season already in Cloton. Although Cloton doesn't have good defensemen, uh, let, let's be honest. But uh, he did take the advantage of this. And yeah, I, I think both ways could be beneficial for him. I, I wouldn't overrate the one or the other decision. But coming to an end, yes, if I would be the Montreal Canadiens, I would try to uh, get him over.
You said you wouldn't take David Reinbacher at number five. Actually, when we spoke in April, you said that you would probably take Simashev before you took Reinbacher. Simashev is obviously left-handed. That was one of the reasons that Montreal went for Reinbacher. A big hole on the right side, being able to fill that hole. It's also a playing type that is very difficult to get hold of. And I think it was Johan Cruyff that said that everyone needs a very good right back in soccer or in football, as we say, Thomas, because that's where every play starts on the football pitch. It's a similar way in, in hockey, in a way. You want that defender that is very skilled in getting the puck out to start an offensive play. And that is something that we have seen with Thibaut Chatel and would listen to him that even Reinbacher is really good at. Yes, I can I can see these advantages and I can see this this point of view. And uh, I agree, I'm very impressed also with this uh, analytics from, from Thibaut, what always influences also my judgment a lot. But in the other end, it's also this this analytics, it's also not the one hundred percent truth. It's a in German we tell it's a shining genauigkeit, means a false projection and a false projection is actually the wrong word it's it's dangerous of a false projection uh, although it influences me and it helps a lot to judge players and it's a absolutely great work but all these things i i put it together the eye test the experience the analytics everything put into the mix and the opinion of a lot of other guys i respect and then i come to to my judgment so uh, I can tell you, I can. Uh, first of all, I didn't. I did feel it's not good number five for Montreal, and now I still feel it's not perfect. But I can understand it now more, and I, I try to explain it a little bit why. I can understand and follow the pick if the Habs uh, drafted according to the need, and not according to best player available. For example, uh, Mitchkov, I did watch, uh, did follow the, the roster. You have already small, highly skilled wingers, Cofield, you have Gallagher, you have Farrell in the pipeline. Uh, so why they shoot off Mitchkov, another small, highly skilled winger? They don't have a lot of right-shooting defensemen, so why they shoot prefer Simashev over Reinbach? Absolutely correct. They have already Hudson as a smallish, highly skilled defense man in the pipeline, so why they shoot choose something Pelika over Reinbacher. From these points of view, I can easily understand they picked Reinbacher, but I still, still think it's a mistake. We also know that they couldn't trade down because then he would have been gone. Yes, that, that's that's true. But I also think that, for example, Willander is very close to, to Reinbacher and they would have chance to have uh, uh, Willander. I think Willander is a little bit underrated. But that's my subjective opinion. I, I can't really. And uh, he also had a very steep learning curve in the very end of the season. Especially, I was impressed with him in the World Under 18 Championship in in Basel and uh, Ashwa. He played very well there. So I did think this they did these two players are very similar. That's why, in my eyes, if I would be a GM in the NHL, I would always draft. I would never draft in the first round for need. I would all always draft best player available because players are also assets you could trade them and vice versa and in, in this case I would have had Mitchkov before Reinbach and I would have had uh, Leonard also before Reinbach 
that's why I'm not so very happy, or I would be not so very happy as a as a Montreal fan. But it's completely overblown to be disappointed. He's a very, very good hockey player, and he will have a very good future. But um, as I told, I think the need played a role in the decision. And in top five, I always would try to go all in. The player with the highest chance to become a franchise player. And Michkov has this ceiling, definitely. Michkov has the ceiling of better in my eyes. But he has also a lot of risk with it and a lot of disadvantages. But in top five, I always would go in, uh, all in. Looking back to Gorton's time with New York Rangers, he had problems drafting Elias Anderson a little bit high. Obviously, it didn't work out. So with the with the Russian factor, and, and it didn't work out when he came over. We all learned from our mistakes. Has that been a part of that draft strategy? Could be, but this is a, a sinking mistake we all make, we human beings often make. We overrate the result of what happened or, or what happens and happened compared to the probability of the results, what will happen or what happened. If you look back uh, to a lot of decisions who were who maybe bad decisions, but with a good result, a lot of things happens in the world with, with good decisions and bad results. And we always tend to overrate then the result and not the probable result of the outcome. So coming back to your questions, probably in the back mind of Gordon, they played a role, absolutely, but it was a mistake, probably, also. <laughs> so sounds maybe a little bit arrogant if I tell this, but uh, that's what I learned from life. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You mentioned when we spoke in April that Reinbacher is very well-rounded. He has a great composure. He's never in stress. His patience is fantastic. Yeah. His stick handling is fantastic. He has no real weaknesses. He might not have that super strength, but he does not have any weakness, as in Sandin Pelika's case, yeah. size. Yeah. Everything is good to better than good. You know, we spoke a little bit before we started recording this, that puck watching and intensity, urgency on the ice, maybe it's down to his hockey IQ and his overall smartness makes him look a little calmer and you don't get to feel that he's that included in the game all the time. Whereas he knows that he's included and he's just being on the right position at the right time all the time. In a way, yes. But uh, in a positive and in a negative way. The positive way, I completely agree that he is a sinking, a game sinking player, and he's always ahead of the place. And he has also this calmness in a positive way, never stress attitude in a positive way. But there are some situations, especially in NHL, especially in NHL playoffs, where you have to lift your intensity level 
your aggressiveness level in a positive way. And maybe it sounds now very bad, but uh, that everybody understands what I mean. In, in some playoff battles, you have to lift a little bit your hate level uh, to against the opponent to win these puck battles. And I think in this area, he could improve a little bit. But he's a very nice, very nice person, too nice sometimes. But also, isn't that a way of being 18 and coming into a pro league? Oh, yes. That's, that, that's that you take absolutely. the back seat and, and just do what you're being told yeah. and don't try to go overboard? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, that, that's the big problem of drafting players anyway. You draft 17 and a half year players and uh, they, are, they are raw in, in, men, in mental aspect and physical aspect, but especially in the mental aspect. And people are not finished with their personality and their thing until they are 25. And sometimes, sometimes even a little bit later. So this is very difficult to project uh, how about kind of personal kind of player intensity, intensity level, aggressiveness he will have when he's 25. Right now, he doesn't look as aggressive and intense as Cider, for example. But he's a level-headed player and uh, a lot of positives. Between we spoke, it was the World Championship. David Weinbacher obviously got injured on a, a really, really good play. And, and something that Thibaut has been very keen on highlighting, that it's the next step of his development to drive towards the net, be more involved in offensive play as well. Do you see it that's, that that is the next step that he's working on already? I think yes. And uh, that's why everything that I tell about Reinbach, I'm not very confident. <laughs> Although I see him very clear his future. But as a scout, if you are honest to yourself, you never can be very confident. And I think, yes, this was one reason why he is not the top five pick on my list, because of this lack of high-end offense. But, to be honest, maybe this is also because he is a humble person. He didn't want to, to be the ticket seller, the showman in Cloten. He wanted to do the safe things, what probably the coach did tell him. Not to not to be too flashy, and whether he can do this, this will uh, be the future. I don't think he can. He, he will be that uh, flashy offensive defenseman. He will be a solid two-way defenseman in my eyes. But I'm not 100 sure. He has he had shown some flashes of becoming maybe even much better offensively. If you're going to have Lane Hudson on the left side, you're going to need someone that covers a little bit behind playing a libero role, going back to football again, and the great Johan Cruyff. Uh, and, may and maybe that can be David Reinbacher in that regard. Yes. Uh, so you're coming back to that, maybe that drafting for need, because you have Lane Hudson in the system, you need someone to partner him with. And you can't maybe trade for that person as well. You mentioned his, his qualities as a person. Do you think he's captain material or assistant captain? Is he a leader of the ice? I think if you think about Nico Hichio, who is already captain in the New Jersey Devils organization, I think, yes, he's captain material. But he is not a captain who has his big mouth and uh, smashes all the material in the locker room when something goes wrong or has big speeches. He is a leader by example. 
like a little a quiet leader, like a little bit uh, like Nico Kishio I mentioned. And uh, if you think this is a good captain, this also can be a good captain, then Reinbacher definitely can develop in such a in, in such a personality. Yes. You've been listening to Thomas Rost. You should follow him on Twitter, especially if if uh, David Reinbacher stays, because you're based in Zurich and Kloten yeah. is about 20 minutes with a tram from Zurich station, right? Yeah, from Zurich, but I'm little, I live a little bit outside Zurich. I have to take the ferry first across the lake of Zurich, then drive maybe 20 more minutes by car. And- and there you hear it. Eyes on the prize. New headquarters will be Thomas' own island in the lake outside Sydney. <laughs> definitely, definitely, for sure. What everyone is saying in regards to David Reinbacher is it's very difficult to trade a right defender because everyone wants the good ones. He is a very good player. He might not be the superstar of the future, but he will be a player you keep on your team for 10 15 years if you can. Agree. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. 